0: Hello everybody, welcome to a, another episode of Tuesday Night Jaw Meets. This week, uh, me, Jim Smorman, your host here on the Distraction Pieces Network, I meet uh, both members of CCK, Chris Brooks and Kid Lycos. It was meant to just be Chris Brooks. Uh, I went to see him in the flat he was staying in for, during Riptide this weekend in Brighton. Um, and Lycos stuck around, uh, and he's a cool dude as well, so I chatted to them both at the same time. It's a good chat. Um, apologies for no... Uh, episode last week, but I was busy with a deadline for something that some people, you probably guessed it by now, but um, I was busy with a deadline for that. And I hope to have this up yesterday, um, but my son, little baby Claudio, has been very poorly, haven't you mate? Mm. That's right. Um, He's eating banana at the minute. I'm keeping my dish. No, no, that's right mate. Um, He's kind of guest hosting with me um, because he's been sick for the last four days. He's been very, very poorly boy. Our house smells of the plague. Um, But we've got his Hot Wheels loop-the-loop set up um, and a big cardboard box that his new car seat came in. So we're basically firing cars into that once this is edited and up. So, um, but yeah, so he's been a very poorly baby. So apologies for the slight delay getting this up. But it is Tuesday now and you are getting it kind of on time. I just wanted to have it up on either Sunday or Monday. Anyway, some plugs, progresswrestling.com, go there, buy tickets, especially for Super Strong Style 16, on the 5th, 6th and 7th of May, at Alexandra Palace, Chris Brooks, is part of that, we announced it yesterday, um, along with many, very good talents, and many, even, more awesome surprises to come so do come along to that alexandra palace sixth, 7th of may um we're obviously going to new orleans we've started announcing some pretty cool names for that including uh pete dunn and trent seven uh making their own independent appearance on the friday show um they're not the saturday show they're just the friday show at the moment uh no they are mate you could deny it if you want they are trust me they're there i promise um so yeah so do try and come along to those if you can Sorry, I I, I opened a cupboard. He's got quite excited. I'm getting him some gingerbread. Um, This is unusual. I I wouldn't normally do this while parenting, but I've got to be honest. Today's one of those days I've got to do it. I'm even going to put this down while I open the gingerbread. Claudio, 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 say hi. Say hello. Say hello. Say welcome to Tuesday Night Jaw. Okay, good work. Um, any parents uh, who are having to deal with their kids being ill, uh, you, my heart goes out to you. Um, it's hard. My wife does most of the, of the work while I'm away working, but I'll be honest, he's he's been a stressful little monkey, um, but I do adore him. Um, anyway, so yeah, progresswrestling.com for New Orleans uh, on the sixth and seventh of April, fifth, sixth, and seventh of May at Alexandra Palace, 20th of May, Victoria Warehouse in Manchester, where Jack Sexton has said he will take his title shot for whomever is champion at the time. And, uh, so uh, 20th of May for that, our biggest show in the UK outside of London uh, on the 20th of May. And then Wembley Arena, 30th of September, uh, in our heads as bookers. It's shaping up really, really well. I'm very excited about uh, about that show, uh, and ticket, ticket sales are going quite ludicrously well as well, so, um,
3: so yes, so,
0: uh, many, many, many things to be excited about, so we are excited about all of those things, progresswrestling.com, eat your gingerbread, dude, okay, I'll get it for you, this is, I wouldn't normally be this unprofessional with the podcast, but my wife did say to me, maybe just have the baby on it, that's the only way you'll get a chance to get it recorded. Don't worry, he's not on the main chat with Chris Brooks and Kid Lycos. Um, although the height difference between myself and Baby Claudio is pretty much the same um, as the difference between Chris Brooks and Kid Lycos. He's happy now for some reason. Good. Um, so, yes, so progresswrestling.com for lots of tickets and merch and things like that. Our next show at the end of March um, has sold out already, sold out in about two minutes, like they normally do. Thank you for your support if you're coming. Uh, it's very exciting to be doing that show um uh got us cool stuff planned for that which will all be revealed over the course of the next few weeks demand-progress.com for all of our shows ever plus now um all of the stuff from uh lucha forever um the much beloved uh, little company that um unfortunately is no longer operating but um we've got their shows so they live on through demand-progress.com uh, as well as loads of other stuff from other companies that you can go and enjoy and please support everything on the Distraction Pieces Network because it's all good. And my website is jimsmorman.com. I'm doing a load of shows. Maybe come to one of them. Maybe I'll do a tour later in the year of the wrestling theme show because it seemed to go quite well. Right. There's the plugs. Listen to me chatting to Chris Brooks and Kid Like Us. Uh, cck together good lads a good chat very grateful to them for spending some time chatting to me uh, also very grateful to riptide for letting me pop along in between my gigs in brighton on saturday to enjoy uh, one half of their weekender um so thanks to those guys right enjoy this uh, me and claudio are gonna eat some gingerbread um say bye mate say bye okay. thanks mate um so yeah we'll uh, we'll say bye and then i'll wrap things up again at the end cheers see you in a bit Hello, everybody. I'm sat at a glass coffee table
4: in Brighton. That's a weird start to a podcast, isn't it? A smudgy um, glass coffee table in Brighton that needs
0: cleaning. It, yeah, it does a bit.
4: It's horrible. Up oh, your game, Airbnb.
0: Um, it's uh, it's Riptide's Weekend, and I am sat, because um, I'm doing stand-up here in town, so I'm sat with both members of CCK, uh, Chris Brooks and Kid Lycos. Um, hello, gentlemen. Hello, Jim. Hello, Lycos.
3: Hello. I third wheeled my way into this. Yeah, you weren't
0: even meant to be here, but you just
3: pretty much looks like like my career. Every show that Progress Run. I've just third wheeled my way into everything. (laughs) We've never paid him. Never. (laughs) (laughs) I won the tag belts by showing up by accident. Much like everything, just whenever I'm there to do something, you appear. The problem is Chris is rich and famous and I found a way to leech off him and it's perfect.
0: (laughs) I I wish I was rich and famous. (laughs) I look do you find that Especially since British wrestling got big, people's perception of how rich and famous everyone is is quite is quite interesting.
4: Oh yeah, because mm-hmm.
0: I, I mean, I I constantly joke on the podcast about the one guy who tweeted me last year, insisting I was a millionaire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, absolutely, he's an Irish guy. Absolutely insisted I was a I was a millionaire, and I didn't he didn't understand. I was complaining about the fact I couldn't afford something for my house, and he was like, I don't understand why you can't afford it. You're a millionaire, and I think it's probably the same for everyone involved in wrestling. It's like even though it's successful and there's loads and loads of shows, you okay. guys aren't all making 10 grand a night. It's not like Dusty Rhodes time in Florida. Really. No, I think
4: you got to appreciate that things are better now. and everything's going. Uh, it's a lot more lucrative than it was. But that's from zero. <laughs> <laughs> or <like more> <laughs> yeah. like like before, ago, it, it was, just... there was nothing to be made. And now there's a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, we're, like, we're still not buying mansions or anything.
0: Um, how long have you both been wrestling for?
4: Uh, I start. I had my first match in September two thousand seven. So eleven years, nearly coming on. Well, yeah, just just ten, just over ten years, I guess. I started training in January two thousand
3: seven. Had my first real match twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. I want to say. How
4: old were you when you started training? I was eleven. <laughs> 11 see, see, that's the
0: thing. Is I know how young you are now and like <laughs> I was working that out like going hang on a minute how how old were you when you started training
4: um, when I started training um, 13 or 14 and then my, when I had that first match it, I was I think I because my birthday is all, yeah I just turned 16
0: I, see I find it I find it astonishing that anyone's dedicated to doing something when they're that like, I've had this conversation with yeah, you yeah, with we've, we've before, before. Like, I find it astonishing that any kid can be that dedicated to something. Because when I was 13, I was dedicated to drinking cider in a playground. <laughs> like, I was not dedicated Living to anything. The any. real dream. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was. It took me to 27 to realise I wanted to do stand-up. And then I really dedicated myself to it. Mm-hmm. But as a kid, I couldn't. And that's why I think it's it's amazing that people are so good, so young. Yeah. When they actually dedicate themselves to it. I think
4: because of the company I kept when I was around that age, mm. it forced me to mature sooner because... I dropped out of school at sixteen and just went straight into doing full time work. Really? Well, I did; it, I think I did about six months of A levels and then dropped out and just went into full time working. So, uh, and around the same time, I'd already been training for a couple of years. So when I left school, my, I think uh, I've always had like a uh, like a realistic view of how a lot of friendships in your life work. And, like, as soon as I left school, I pretty much was cut off then from everyone I went to school with. and was kind of okay with it. I was like, well, that was... That (laughs) that was that now, and that's done, and then I'm not going to talk to these people anymore. Mm. Like, they were just... It was circumstantial relationships, because we were all at school, so we were all friends. But, like, I was hanging around with the Hunter brothers and stuff, who, I guess, at the time... Is it going back 10 years? So, I guess they'd been, like, early, mid-twenties. Yeah. So being around people like them all the time as opposed to the people I was then at school with, I think it gave me a more mature look at wrestling and what I was doing and stuff I wanted to do, rather than being like still a kid or whatever. Well,
0: I think that's the thing as well, is the amount of, because I, I, I had jobs from like the age of 14, and I, I never, like every now and again, someone will pop up on Facebook who I was at school with, going, mm-hmm. oh, you do comedy now, I'm, I'm, I'm no interest
4: in adding you as a friend on Facebook. Yeah, no one like, can find me now, because they don't, Uh, my uh, (laughs) pretend name (laughs) so I'm good I don't ever get anyone adding me from school it's yeah it's I mean
0: the whole growing up quick thing is again because I look at how immature I was at 20 Mm -hmm. and then I think how many people have performed for progress at the age of 20 or under Mm. and how I would never be able to do that shit like if you when I was at university if you told me I had to do a presentation in front of 10 people I wouldn't have slept for a week let alone wrestle in front
3: of seven. See, I know people like that now, and that baffles me, but that was me maybe two or three years ago. Like, there's people at my uni who... Get Which is the, the same uni I went to. Yes. That... They, get, they get given a presentation, and they're so stressed, and they're rehearsing it, and they're rehearsing it. And now, because of all this dumb
4: stuff that we do in our everyday lives now, I feel great, and I'll just wing it, because... <laughs> you do look at the young people on shows, though, and it's hard to put yourself in their perspective now. Like, in ways, they've got it so much better, but then in weight... I don't know where the toss-up between... Because when I was doing shows when I was 16, 17, they were in front of, like, 20 people in labour clubs in West Bromwich. And, like, even to me, that was the most nerve-wracking thing in the world. And then I think now you have people like uh, Mayhew or Connor Mills who are, like, that age doing much bigger shows, like dome shows or chapter shows. And I wonder if they're as nervous about doing stuff like that now as I was when I was wrestling in front of 20 people in a labour club or because of how much better the scene is now. It's Mm. kind of more the commonplace, like bigger crowds aren't unusual or like not even like huge crowd but a decent crowd is kind of expected now more than like a bonus so I was nervous in front of 20 people and then if I had to do a show and there was going to be 150 people there I was like oh my god this is Wrestlemania Like this is the biggest thing ever eh? but now you can kind of come in and like even with Attack we run the Thursday night throw shows which are like trainees against roster people and they sell out like 200 people on a Thursday and these are people in like their first second matches and they're getting like 200 people who are going to be loud and they're going to be receptive to it as well so I do wonder like is it as bad now for the people who are younger doing stuff like this is is there there the pressure but is there also less pressure because you're coming into a much better environment than we were it's more helpful everyone's more reassuring
3: I think if you were bad in front of Fifteen people in towin in Wales I think they would have told us whereas I think even if something goes slightly awry on a bigger show now yeah, they're these forgiving. people they're forgiven mm-hmm. they're like forgiving everyone and they'll help the match anyway
0: you I can think. see crowds forgive people for, especially newer wrestlers because we've noticed this in the natural progression series because we always made certainly when we started doing it it always made a big deal out like of the fact a lot of them came from the school that was associated with us at the time so you had a lot of people going oh, it's, a bit like, it's a bit like supporting a football team and a youth team player coming mm-hmm. through your yeah. ranks you are always going to be more forgiving of them making a mistake than someone who costs 30 million quid
4: yeah right like, exactly and,
0: and, I, and it, I mean in some ways it's a positive but do you think in some ways that like you say you wrestling in front of 20 people in West Bromwich it, it's such a different dynamic wrestling in front of those crowds where especially when they might not when there's people who don't necessarily want to be there
4: mm-hmm.
0: that's much more of a difficult thing and, and arguably so if I, I look at if I do stand up in a nice art centre where everyone has paid money specifically to see me, those gigs are quite easy. Mm-hmm. If I do a gig in when jonglers was a thing, if I did a gig in a jonglers where no one's paid specifically to see me and they're all pissed, head and stag parties and I can have a good gig out of it, that to me was more of a challenge. Was it is it a similar thing with wrestling? If you're if you are wrestling in front of a 20 people who aren't necessarily that interested in it, is that a harder thing to come through and therefore gives you a better experience going forward?
4: I think that's why I was thinking it's that experience because, like you say, it's much more challenging performing in front of, like, the hardest shows we ever found us stuff like when we did the attack runs with pontins and, like, Mm. it's, like, 600 people in Prestatin who don't know who any of us are and don't care rather than, like, if I rest in front of a crowd now that are familiar with me, like, it's a lot easier. But then I think, is that experience then taken away from people who break in now? Because they'll never really have to do those like incredibly small, incredibly difficult shows. But then when you think about that, I'm sure that when we were coming in, there was people saying wrestling now is easier than when they broke in. And then you just get stuck in the cycle of like, I don't want to be one of these people who's just like, oh, trainees have it easier now than we did. Because yeah. there's always going to be the next generation of people. And they're always going to... You're always going to be like, The people the, who came before them are always going to be like, oh, it's easier for them, or yeah. whatever. But the the way it's changed so much in short, such a short space of time is so vast because if you think 10 years isn't a particularly long time from when I first started wrestling and 10 years ago you would have to desperately find someone who had a digital camera to take <laughs> one promo picture of you against a, a plain wall in a leisure centre <laughs> and then find the one person that you knew in your circle that had photoshop who could maybe make a poster and now like you have people like Muscle White Ollie and Robin and uh, Rob, razor and people come in, and their first ever promo pictures—they look amazing. Yeah. Like, because the photographers now make people look even better than mm. they really do, mm. and like people come in now and they just look amazing straight off the bat, and they'll get a promo video edited together by these people who know what they're doing, and they edit it and chop it up, and then they look amazing. Like, I think there is much less of people being exposed because they're so protected in so many ways when they come in. The yeah. crowds are better. The production of everything's better. Even gear, like, there's way more gear makers. People are going to make sure you've got good gear before you go out of there. But on that contrast, do you think with all this,
3: like, exposure that, and uh, how they're helped in terms of these videos, these promo shots, do you not think they have to then re- really have the pressure for when they wrestle because of it?
4: Like, I think so, yeah, I guess, because if you look at the case of someone like Spike Trevet Trevet. Treve, Trevay, he had such a good promo package put together before mm. he'd ever even wrestled that then there is going to be expectancy on you to be like, oh, well, this video was so good and this was all presented so well and this is all clearly so well thought out and flushed out that when you get in the ring, you know, it better match what we've been teased with in the lead up to it and stuff. Also as well, like,
0: I look at when, when people... I had this conversation with uh, uh, with Santos at the last show. For oh, us, God. Where... For broken English, yeah. If we've broken English, obviously, like a lot of the time when people make their debuts, and your you guys' debut for us was in a in a running that was brilliant, mm-hmm. but it also meant that you had your debut for us and you could relax a little bit more for the next time. Mm.
3: Um, yeah, that was big pressure, but
0: because it's because that getting that right, and, and it's I was saying to you before we started recording, it's one of my favorite moments in progress history is, is <laughs> you guys just coming out and the whole place are losing their fucking mind, but something about it it's one of my favourite debuts we've ever had because often when people make a debut for us they build it up in their head Mm -hmm. more than they need to because they Mm -hmm. think it's like as long as everyone's trying their best I'm Mm -hmm. normally pretty happy like it's but you see people sometimes trying too hard because they're like oh I've got to do everything I've got to do everything because it's the you haven't just Stick to stick to what you're good at, mm-hmm. and, and Santos. Everything he did made me laugh. yeah He killed it. Like he absolutely nailed. Because I think you said to me, like it was a proper, it was a locker room style. Yeah, know, every, watching everyone's at the
4: monitor watching. It was great. I yeah. think Santos is one of those who kind of not to the same degree, but he still got that beneficial honing before mm-hmm. he had to perform on a big stage yeah. because he'd been doing attack for a year, probably for now. probably a year or so before that. And the good thing with that was is to, because as well, like with Attack, we've always had a very realistic uh, idea of where we're ranked as a promotion. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. we're not trying to be the biggest promotion ever and we don't expect to be and we aren't. So like he got to hone himself on those shows and it was kind of under the radar of everything. So when they got announced for Progress, there was probably a large percentage of the audience who didn't even know who he was. Mm. So he's coming in then with the act that he's, been building yeah. up and getting better and better at for the last year, and then it's like when it's on that stage, it's kind of refined because he's had those smaller shows, which I guess is like the the toss yeah. up between the two. He's in there with like incre- incredibly good people as well, which I think <clears throat> benefits him
3: when he's yeah. bring it. Like, he's in there with Damien and the Hunters, who are just incredibly smart at what they do, and they can help him hmm. get better at what he does very quickly.
1: Hmm. I mean.
4: Uh-
0: I know you talk about Attack's place, but whenever I talk about other promotions on this podcast, Attack's always one of the. I have like, I always forget a promotion whenever I list promotions because I try. Obviously, I'm biased towards Progress because it's. I can talk about my experience of it, mm-hmm. but I always try and mention other companies like RevPro and ICW and, and, and Fight Club because they're all companies that I'm friendly with, and I mm-hmm. always mention Attack. And, and one of my, I know Glenn's been to Attack shows, and I, I can very rarely go to shows because of having a family slash the other job. But, from a fun point of view, like, certainly over the last year or so, people, like, it feels like Attack was always there and was always good, but it feels in the last year or so, everyone's just gone, these are some of the most fun shows you're ever going to go to. Mm. And it feels that, that people have, more of the mainstream have, have latched onto Attack in the last, yeah. last year or so, because I think you guys put a show on. Sale last week, but sold out super
4: quick. And they one in Cheltenham, the Cheltenham ones, they always usually go within about an hour. It's only like a hundred and something tickets, so it's not like a huge show. But but like they always go super quickly and stuff. Yeah, like it is just like a little cult niche thing. And I think just having that in our minds has helped us not ever run into uh, clashes and like conflict of interests as people who put on shows against Mm -hmm. wrestlers. Because I think if you're running a small show without honestly and uh, realistically looking at what you're trying to get out of running this show, you can then have the thing of, like, if someone can't make your show for something else, you get annoyed and there's heat there or whatever, which we've never had. Like, we understand we're, like, this cult, small show. Like, it's a little niche thing. And, like, if someone ever needed to pull out to do something else, like, if that's a better opportunity, Mm -hmm. like, go ahead. It's fine. Like, and I think because we... the group of people that run the attack shows or wrestlers as well we have more of an appreciation of that but i just think um it's good that more people get interested in it and stuff but it'll always still be the little uh niche that it's in but i think that's fine like you say like it's our aim isn't ever to put on the best wrestling shows in the country there's a lot of places that try and put on the best from a technical standpoint or match star rating standpoint Mm -hmm. shows in the country and our aim has always just been let's make sure Every show is really fun, it's easy yeah. to watch, and people go away going, I had a great time, like, I laughed a bunch. It was really fun. Maybe this one match on the show was like super killer, or maybe like you, but the main takeaway from it is that was a really fun night. That was easy to watch, super fun, everyone had a good time, and then we're, we're pretty content just doing that as well.
0: I always, and and Tell me if you don't feel this is a, a favourable comparison, but I love Shikara, and okay. I always look at Attack as Britain's Shikara. That's how I I look at it, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if that's the sort of thing that you're cool with, but I I've loved Shikara for years and years and years, and the big thing I always took away from it was there's loads of wrestlers I really like on it. The matches are always really really good fun and good, but fun as well. Mm-hmm. Everyone had fun gimmicks and stuff like that, and and I always view Attack like that in that as a fan, like I know that. I'd, I'd pay money to watch Progress shows. I also know that if I had time, I'd pay money to watch Attack mm-hmm. and, and Fight Club and all the companies that I endorse all the time because there's different things and everyone. I think the fact that you, like you say, you're trying to do something fun and do something different because there's plenty of companies that try and do that try and do what we do or ICW do, right? Yeah, um, uh, or do what Ref Pro do or whatever. Um, but there's no companies that are just going. No, we need the best way for us to stand out is to have our own identity mm-hmm. rather than just trying to everyone trying to battle for one position at the top why yeah. don't we just have our own identity and I think that's the really refreshing and cool
4: thing about but it But I wasn't there from the very beginning of Attack it was started by uh, Pete and Jim Lee the ring announcer and then Mark came in it was Pete and Mark primarily and then it kind of became a conglomerate of like five or six guys And a bit like PWG isn't it? yeah and then it's <laughs> yeah. like switched or changed <laughs> along it but the main thing I think I was most vocal in was if you go back and look at the years Attack was running shows I think I looked on Cage Match the other day and it's like 2013, it's like five shows. 2016, it's like five or six shows. And uh, uh, 2014, sorry, like five or six shows. And then 2015, it's like 14 shows. And it was... Attack was always seen as like... We were a close group of guys anyway, and it was like, let's make this platform where we can get ourselves branching out and stuff. And then the thing that they always used to do was the themed shows. Mm -hmm. And it was like... I think it was the end of 2014. It was the Fight Club Pro Show, and it was... I was there. Pete was there. I think Mark was there. Uh, Gav maybe was there as well. And there was like a talk where we were like, okay, next year let's try and let's try and do this. Like let's try and run a promotion and run shows. And one of the main things I pointed out to them, one of the obvious influences was definitely Chikara. But one of the main things I pointed out to them was, we can't rely on this model of theme shows mm, if we're crap. gonna do. 14 shows in a year yeah. like we can't come up with a different theme to parody so every show so the thing I came up with as an alternative was let's have a themed roster Yeah. let's take everyone that's already on our roster and give them all different ridiculous outlandish characters and then do storylines based around these characters so we're still standing out we're still different it's mm. still going to be funny it's still going to be quirky but then once you've got the characters as opposed to just the gimmick shows that's when you can do the stories with them and people get mm. invested and then the first show with that mentality in mind, was the one where Mark left, Andrews yeah. Goes to America, and that was where Damien and Ryan came out, rebranded as the Anti-Fun Police, and brothers uh, of Construction. the Hunter Brothers became the Brothers of Construction, and me and Nixon were the uh, culture, culture squad. squad, we were like touristy, mm. we'd come back off our gap year, whatever, and then was like, <laughs> Old Papa Sunflower came in, and the Lovemaking Demon, and we had, full time as me, yeah you came in properly as, as Kid Locust, like and then we had like, Pete, as the main focal of the promotion and we were like okay he'll be the one that won't have any gimmick and he'll steam through everyone and then at the end of the year Eddie'll beat him and that was like our first year story Mm. and it played out so well that by the time it got to the end when we were blowing it off it blew off eventually in a three way with him and Boar and uh, Eddie Boar and Pete at the first walkabout show and by the time it paid off we, we did a music video parody set to the My Way parody in the Wrestlemania one And we just realized that everything we'd done had been so subtle, good, and engaging through every step of the story. Like, we'd really told a good story. And as we were doing it, our crowds were going up, the tickets were selling faster, people were getting more and more interested. And it was like, this is a model that can work. If we just, every year, go, reset January, what are we going to tell from here to the middle of the year to the end of the year, and what's going to be the biggest thing at the end of the year, with these weird characters, that's... Like, a a really good model and a really different model to what yeah. everyone else is doing. And that's what we've stuck to, whether it's been Pete doing that three-way, or... Uh, me joining you. You turning heel and joining me, or when we did uh, Shay and Chris Roberts, or when we did... Glenn's favorite match of all time. It's it, the best match It's ever. a really good match, surprisingly. <laughs> or when we did, like, uh, the big thing with the Brothers of Obstruction, when they joined the anti fund Police, and Damien was the big heel champion, and then Gab beat him, and the Bowler Armour beat the Construction Brothers at the end of the year and like we just keep going now with that mantra of like this is the year and it is very similar to how Jakarta do things with their seasons let's tell these stories in this season Hmm. and then at the end everything gets it's logical conclusion you think because then something switches and we go into the next one it's always satisfying though yeah at the end of the year it's always like this huge the mistletoe show is always like this euphoric feel good moment of like everything's gone right everything's good in the world again we have this year <laughs> where everything's gone terrible but everything's perfect mm-hmm. now and then the first show of, in january is always next Just thing happens it's all switched around yeah, we yeah. did it this year it was Sharon robertson at christmas and the boulder armor against the obstruction brothers everything went happy all the baby faces came out on top and then the first show of this year january Elijah, Drew, and uh, Bishop—nothing to prove—attacked the anti fund police. Switched the anti-fun police babyfaces yeah. and tried to get rid of them from the promotion. And then it's like, well, that's the reset now. Mm. Now there's discourse across the whole promotion again because I think the whole promotion works like its own little world. Mm. Like when something rumbles in an ang- in an angle, it's not like, oh, well, these two people are feuding. It's like, oh, this has turned the whole of the attack universe on its head now. It's yeah. all it's all in conflict until the end. So I think that. Helps us stand out, but uh, yeah, to what you said before, I went on a massive tirade. Um, It's all right. Definitely, definitely influenced by Chikara, uh, Michinaku Pro, Osaka Pro, stuff like that. Yeah, Yeah.
0: and and you can you can feel those influences in it, and it's it's nice to have different stuff. Like Mm -hmm. everything in wrestling should try and be different. Mm. Like it felt when we started progress, it did feel that we did feel different for a bit, and like. Because we have so many shows now, it's hard for things to to stand. That's why unboxing stands out so much because mm-hmm. it's it's completely different to really? everything else we do during the year. Because it's just like fuck it, what can we do? Yeah, you know what what will people get, what will people pop for and be fun. Whereas the rest of the time, we it's like well, we've got to we've got to develop storylines. And whilst I love developing storylines and I love putting good matches on, um, I, it's it's refreshing as a fan to watch different stuff. And that's why watching mm-hmm. attacks
2: fun. Yeah. You know
0: what I mean, and it it, it I. I love it, and I
4: love I love the fact that it it seems to be going from strength to strength in the main, which is which strength is to cool. strength, but nice and contained. Yeah, like we we don't want it to get any bigger than it is. Well, because you guys have got to fucking wrestle as well. That's the thing. Yeah, it's... we're all very we're all still very very busy. Like Pete, especially who still is like <laughs> quite, like he's heavily involved in a lot of the things that go on with it, is very busy. And it's it's nice the way it is. The size it is. Mm-hmm. People always saying, "Why don't you try and run bigger venues because it sells out or." This or that. Um, the only thing we will increase, I think, this year more is the frequency of shows. Like, yeah. I think we're on three in January. Yeah. Um, so we might end up doing more shows, but in terms of, but that's because we've like got more people coming on board to help and stuff. Mm-hmm. But in terms yeah. of trying to get any bigger than we are, we don't really want to. We're quite happy just being the little promotion that could and is it's weird. Just more stress, I think, as a whole. Yeah, anyone. everything's like stuff. It's a
3: wrestler-run company, so it's going to be impossible to run if every wrestler. Who's on it is very busy, yeah, and it's trying to expand, yeah, beyond what it
0: is. Also, big shows. This is the thing that people don't realise. I'm like, on oh It's awesome. We're doing Wembley this year. What idea? How fucking stressful it is! Like, I don't want to even imagine how stressful it is. But it's stressful. It was stressful enough going from the garage to the ballroom, and then <laughs> deciding to do shows in Manchester. That, like, <laughs> I don't sleep anyway, and and it's it, that shit's stressful. And, and because I think I don't think oh, this is going to be. There's bound to be some people in wrestling who don't give a shit about the quality of their products, but obviously, Attack do and you guys do as wrestlers um, and progress. Like I I want every every show we do to be good. Mm -hmm. And there's bound to be some promoters away from the good companies in this country who just go
4: not bothered, got their money, I don't care.
0: Oh yeah, no, there's plenty. But but the majority of good companies, like the ones I always shout out on, on the podcast. Are people who spend most of their time obsessing about how to get to the next point and how to do the next thing mm-hmm. and how to sell tickets and and I think sometimes people don't don't realise that thing and it's really cool when wrestlers are involved in the promotion side of it because you get often like I know for a fact having spoken to you before about some storyline stuff I know that I can come to you and go this is a good idea Chris because mm-hmm. you get it because yeah. you run your own promotion it's really fucking successful so mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna go have you thought about it like this you thought about it like this because. We can have an idea, but I'd always want to try and chat it through with people to make it make yeah. as much sense as possible. And if everyone's pulling in the same direction in wrestling, wants want everyone to do well.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, it, it, I always find it weird that. So, when I interviewed Mark Dallas, a lot of people were like, Why well, have you had him on? He's like one of your rivals. No, he isn't. Yeah. Like, what well, I, I, I've said this because obviously yeah. Lycos has, has traveled with me a little bit because you, you sort of, when you're at home, you live near me. And, and I, I'm always like, I just want you all to work every day. Mm-hmm. like I want you to work every day and not get hurt that's the main thing yeah. too fucking late no. hey. sorry hey. 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 <laughs> you shouldn't be made of fiberglass
3: mate, I'm you? made of lemon juice there's it's no. incredible
0: <laughs> lemon juice you are a
4: liquid <laughs> there's no helping you you're a lost cause no it's <sighs> game over put me down
0: um, so how is your injury let's ask you about that sorry. I mean
3: so it moves you know. good I live every day to the fullest <laughs> <laughs>
4: As you can tell, you can um, ask him about his injury all you want, but please don't ask me. <laughs> for the last, to be fair, for the last, because it's been though. a string of injuries. So, you, for the last, when did you first get hurt? August 8th. Okay, so for the last, you know, like six, seven months. And how did you first, consistently you, you explain
0: How did it, how it first happen?
3: So, we were in Ireland wrestling, and just something went wrong, like a freak accident, but because of the way I landed, that's when I, in theory, tore my shoulder. And then any time I wrestled after that, like i took a I took a week and a half off because VmT cleared me, which is fine they didn't know any bet they didn't know it's fine completely but so we uh I had a week off and then I wrestled Tyler for mm. progress, oh yeah, I did a drop down and it hurt, but I kept wrestling and so on and so forth, but realistically, I was just wrestling on borrowed time and because of the injury, I was overcompensating so when i when we wrestled uh and bore, I broke my wrist just because of. Overcompensating for one thing and not thinking about another. Yeah. So I broke my wrist, and, like, which is, again, an accident completely. But then when I came back, I was still on a bor- borrowed time of tearing my shoulder and not knowing. Like, it's a miracle I made it so far. And, like, I say this to people now. I wish, as opposed to breaking my wrist, I'd just blown my shoulder out again at that show because then I'd be back by now and I would have known. Whereas it took so long to find out mm. because of the situation that I'm in where I am now.
1: Yeah.
0: It's um it sucks though, don't it? It sucks it sucks to get hurt just at a point where things are kinda of kicking off but as well, isn't it? It's better that it happened now than it did six months prior. Yeah. Like okay.
3: if it had happened before Ali Pali or anything, that'd have been it. Yeah. Like
4: I don't Chris really, would have been successful regardless, but I don't really consider the thing now of like the timing of anything because whenever you got hurt there was something we were looking forward to and if you hadn't have got hurt then and got hurt later there'd have been something else we were yeah. looking forward to and if it it's had been the earlier case. there would have been something else then you know what I mean like it's never a good time I think the there's always going to be around. something that whenever you get injured there's always going to be something that you you end up missing but I mean I'm just glad that this time you're in no rush to get back and you're yeah. properly taking got no recovery choice. time it's and stuff time. <laughs> well, I've got no choice but I'm glad that you're actually not yeah, but I, but well no, I know hurrying yourself back in and stuff but this is what I was
0: saying before we started recording before like, i, I from a promoter's point of view it sucks if we plan something and we can't use you but at the same time I'd always rather you were actually better than them, because wrestlers often lie about how hurt they are Yeah,
4: oh yeah all, all the, the time
0: the time and people don't need to do it but in the same way I will I will go and infect everyone in a green room with the flu if I've got it because mm-hmm. I'm going to that's blow.
1: your
3: perspective which is good that's how it should be but there's certain people you'll say you're hurt and they'll be like oh
0: but I really want you to wrestle this guy well I can't no that's not a right way to look it, at it and it's absolutely not how it's not how shit should be like like the, regardless of, of whatever we've got planned for someone like we are a company that had a champion who told us he might never wrestle again so we just we we did something with the title mm-hmm. and because that's we weren't oh what the fuck are we going to do about this mm-hmm. we had to go right, well, we've got to make a storyline out of this we'll do that but our first concern was fucking hell Mark because he's my mate like, mm. well, you might never wrestle again. You've got kids. What, what can we do to try and help in this situation? And, and again, like, and most people listen to the podcast are aware. Like, when Flash was injured, we still tried to keep him involved. And Eddie being injured, and you being injured, yeah. like, we still want to have people involved because you're self-employed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it, it's not. I don't want people missing out mm. when things are good. Do you know but, what I mean? It, it just it seems that
4: there's another one of those situations where like this self-employed toss of against if you just had a regular job is yeah. like so bad because if you were working uh just a regular some some sort of normal job whatever you class as normal yeah. and you were out the day before and like slipped and you cracked your shoulder or you cracked your elbow and like fragmented a bit of your elbow like there's bits flailing around in there and like the burst is inflamed on it like if you were doing a job that was a physical job the next day you could be like I've cracked my elbow like my burst is inflamed I yeah. can't come to work today and they'd be like okay. fair play alright then no yeah. worries wrestling is like it has this difficult position because people like have to announce and promote people for shows but like if you come to someone day before morning off and go you know what I got real hurt yesterday like I can't do it today like it's never met with a positive reaction no. Like, we, no problem Like, That's we okay. got grief we did Ali Pali, and we
3: both, obviously I was hurt from the shoulder injury and I took cancelled shows because of it, which is crap I hate,
4: like everyone hates doing that who's a wrestler. No one wants but you to cancel to. shows, but no. like you yeah. say, you are self-employed, then, you are an independent contractor. But then contractor. Chris
3: went to those shows.
4: I did a show of, the day before, yeah, and someone did hurt. a flip dive and landed on my ankle, and that went all inflamed and I mm. couldn't walk. So we cancelled the next day. So we couldn't do the Saturday show. So no, I remember no. speaking to you both, like, because I'm, yeah. I'm
0: often, and it's more out of concern for people I like. Mm-hmm. I'll always be like, are you are right," mm-hmm. alright? And, and then I might go, don't we? If you, and and I, I'm the first person to say, if you can't wrestle for us, don't wrestle. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah. Because, you absolutely shouldn't be working hurt. It's a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember you guys getting grief for that. Mm-hmm. And because you then wrestled for us. Yeah. And mm-hmm. But you, it was, we didn't, I can say it this right now, we didn't say, please cancel those shows. It was your decision. No, you
4: guys on the morning were saying, are you sure you're both okay mm-hmm. to wrestle? Absolutely. And the, the thing is like, being an independent contractor, being, in this position you have to you have to uh, you have to choose your the shot you take sometimes mm. and then like in an ideal situation after i rolled my ankle with your shoulder we wouldn't have wrestled at all that yeah. weekend i'd mm. have taken a week off or two weeks off ideally like that's what i've liked to have done yeah but you have to appreciate that there's show a on this day and then the show b on this day and show b is the culmination of like a six month build that you've been doing yeah. uh, 3 free four month build four month yeah. build or whatever it is that you've been doing that started here da da, 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 da and then this is the this is the, the this is the end, this is the big yeah payoff to everything that happened prior to that. And whereas the thing that might have happened on the day before, you can reschedule and still give people what they want at another time. It's one of those where there's no rescheduling of it. Like yeah. you can't go, Oh, by the way, yeah, that's all off now. We'll we'll just get back to it at some other time. Yeah. Like people seem to think it's like we Took the mentality of, oh, we don't want to do this show, but we'll do progress. Ideally, yeah. I didn't want to wrestle at all. Um, I was in a lot of pain. Like, and had and we take... did
0: repeatedly say to you, you, yeah, don't you, have to you guys do this.
4: didn't want us to wrestle, but we forced ourselves to. And then sometimes I think people just need to appreciate still that wrestlers are human beings yeah. who yeah. have a physical well being, and we will do some things that we shouldn't do because we feel like we have to do them. Uh, and that's not a slight on anything else. Like, it's not that we didn't want to do the show the day before. Yeah. It's that we felt like without any pressure from anyone else, we felt we had to do the thing yeah. on Sunday. And then it's just one of those things. Like, I think people sometimes don't appreciate that you are just, you're a human like them with a body that breaks like yeah. theirs. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one as well. Cause like,
0: so from a, a showbiz point of view I'm in equity and they tell they give us loads of stuff about mm-hmm. and I know they're trying to break into the world of wrestling and, yeah. and try and give wrestlers advice and stuff because. but wrestling is such a weird wild west Yeah, it's a different industry place. entirely Because like, I know that because when we started running the, the company we, we'd come from the entertainment world so we always try to treat people like I'm treated as a comedian mm-hmm. so it's not a million miles how we treat people at our shows it's how I get treated backstage when I'm doing Comedia in Brian tonight um, but I know that's not always the case I know you're going to tell them at some places and you get it. hopefully less so now because it feels that hopefully now you can pick and choose better companies to work for than you probably could
4: three, maybe three, four years ago. But I think the, the problem for us is especially as well. I, people do get that attitude of picking and choosing which I don't think we've ever picked up. No matter what happens, like if we can fill a day with any yeah. show, we'll still do yeah. any show. Because to me, whatever point of success you're at can end tomorrow like you can be on cloud nine doing this and then the next day it could yeah. be goodbye from everywhere and then oh. you'll only have left all the things that you met like other people may undermine and see as beneath them once they get to a certain point whereas we'd rather we just want to wrestle all the time as much as we can we'll yeah. do every show that we can and i never want to get i don't know if it's even the ego i never want to have the sense of like i'm above any show because i don't think mm-hmm. i am like I'm not above, still now, I think, um, I won't name the place, they, they looked after some nice and stuff, but th- I think it was like two weeks after Ali Pali, or uh, I think uh, I did a show, and it was in a small little sports hall, and there was probably about 50 people there, yeah. and I was like, I was at the top of the ladder at Ali Pali last week, mm. in front of <laughs> however many, and then I was the, but... And I missed that show because I was hurt. He was out still. Yeah. But I think that's that's the uh, the best way to... To keep like you should always just whether the 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 gig is big or small, you should always just try and do as much as you can and never see yourself it's, as above anything. It's what? beneficial anyway because you just get better at what you do. Like it's, it sounds cliche, but
3: even when we just won the Dream Tag, uh, <clears> when <throat> everything started kicking off for us, and I was still doing shows for another company in little places like Horsham and Landwardenow and all these little places that didn't mean nothing in front of people who didn't know wrestling, just kids and yeah having fun. But it's just good for you to have that experience, and it's rewarding in the sense that even if you're not having a good time or it's not a good payday, you are still getting better at what you do, and it benefits you for when you come to these big places. Well, well I do the same
0: with stand up. Like, my wife is constantly giving me grief, going, Why do you, you don't have to do all these gigs all the time? Yeah. Now you have other jobs, and it's like, Yeah, but one of those other jobs could, like, progress could fold all of a sudden, and mm-hmm. then what, what do I do? Comedy's is a thing I've been doing for 13 years. Mm-hmm. So I've got to keep doing gigs. And admittedly, like, there's there's a few, uh, So I can't work for Jongas anymore because they've gone bust, but I wouldn't work for them out of principle because they weren't paying a lot of my friends. So, right. um, but there's a lot of. It's still very rare that my agent will email me and go, Here's a gig. It's 200 quid. Do you want to do it? And I'll be like, Yeah. Like, because you've got to, like, you're self employed as well. You have that weird mentality as a self employed person of like, I've got to keep all this money because what happens? Because like, I mean, how, when, when was the last time you guys did regular jobs? Uh,
4: it's
0: a bit I mean, different for you because you're a student. It's different for you because <laughs> I've, I've got a funny story, <laughs> uh, Have
4: you
3: ever done a regular job? So I'll say this. I w- in, in third year of university, you have a thing called the personal tutor who uh, you meet with, uh, not regularly, but semi-regularly, and you discuss your options when you finish uni.
0: Oh, well, they didn't have that when I was there. Thought so would uh, be
3: brilliant. <laughs> obviously, incredible person that I am because I I wrestle. I have when I, the first meeting I had with him, he, was, he asked me what I was going to do after uni. I told him I was wrestling. He uh, asked me about that. I explained the situation I'm in and how I can live off of what I do. Like I can I can actually live currently because I'm a student and it works well. I explained the situation. He goes, okay. So is there anything we need to talk about about work? No, you're all right and then like I've gone back meetings and we had to I had to make a CV for the first time ever the only CV I've ever had is for wrestling (laughs) which I got the template from Mark Andrews I didn't even make that one I love the idea
0: that your CV for you go for a real job is how many titles you've held former
4: CZW tag team (laughs) champion first
0: British CZW tag team (laughs) champion two time
3: progress tag team champion I've got swimming badges with (laughs) frosties on (laughs) come at me HMV I'm ready HMV
4: (laughs) (laughs) Is still sh- yeah, moved yeah. It moved in oh, Chester. Yeah,
3: I know. It's, a, lot, a lot of things are closing in Chester, but they do have a Holland and Barrett with a takeaway food option.
0: Which is the best. I was in there the
4: other day. Skengers, I keep telling Pete about this because they don't have it in Birmingham. I did graphic design before just this. I still do pockets of that. Yeah. And then before that, I worked in a office. You've had well, real jobs. I've had, I've had some, yeah, some, some real some cool jobs. jobs. I worked in a uh, response centre for a scales company. <laughs> A scales company? Yeah. As so, in the stuff you weigh shit. Yeah. So were so you... you having a
0: lot of drug dealers rigging up just going, it doesn't work properly?
4: That's not that interesting. <laughs> if you picture like the AA call-outs, I was the person on the end of the phone for AA call-outs of scales. You all think these like, books are so cool. In like factories or airports <laughs> or post offices, when their scales would break down, they'd get on the blower and have to get the uh, technician out there. Oh are you know. Get the technician out of there quick time. I did that for like two years, two or three. With the graphic design thing, is this why your merch is so good? No, not really. I don't really make any of it myself anymore. I
0: think... uh... Your merch is... And I I say this whilst wearing your merch, which I, I always have to... So I wear... Most people will be aware I wear a Portland Trailblazers hat when I... Uh, Ring announcer progress shows I actually don't want to wear the hat anymore but I've found that whenever a picture of me comes out without me you know, wearing the hat on people lose their minds so much that I've always got to wear the hat
4: there's actually a secret hat that Jim wants to wear at shows well which is the no. one I'm wearing now
0: which is, which is my death by rollerball which <coughs> I turn up to most shows wearing and then have to remember to put my Portland one on so I am not biased towards towards one particular or two particular individuals on the show. But I have a... Mainly because you guys have given it to me, which is very lovely of you. But I I have um, a lot of CCK merch, um, which I think I've mentioned this to you, is now... It's my lucky gig stuff. That's good. So if I wear a CCK t-shirt in particular, I tend to... um, I tend to have a really good gig. So, um, cheers. No problem. Appreciate it. absolutely work hard. Um, uh, But so... Why are you so good at merch? Because uh, you are the best at merch. You I mean, I don't
4: know. There's very strong style. I can't draw. Like, hand draw. I can't do that. Like, I'm okay at computer design or whatever, but I can't hand draw. But I think I have, like, a good eye for it. And I'm super particular as well. So I work with, like, a bunch of illustrators who will draw the CCK shirts. Uh, and the main one is a, a guy named Will who lives uh, down south. But I'll come to him with a concept in my head that I can see in my head, but I just physically can't draw myself. And I'll go over every intricate detail of like, uh, I want this here, this here, this is going to be here. This needs to look like this. And then he'll send it back and we'll go back and forth 10 times before it'll be even close to ready. Of Maybe like, this needs to be more this way. And then even when he's finished it, he'll usually send it over and then I'll take it and still move some stuff around and recolor stuff and change little bits and bobs. Because I'm quite uh OCD with stuff. He's like the that, most nitpicky person. Before, nothing um, There's nothing wrong with that though. Nothing before Ali Pali,
3: we the pink shirt we had, me and Chris had a big fight over this <laughs> shirt and what colours we were going to do. Because Chris is so nitpicky and he had like eight This It's dip- one of the two skulls Yeah he had like yeah, eight, eight different
4: versions. Right? Yeah. I had like eight different versions and then even when we decided that we were going to do pink ones at the shop that makes them for us they did about five different ones while sending me photos because I wanted to get the shade of pink right. It's a good shade so of they kept sending them in. and I'd be like, no, that looks too salmony. Can we get a bit more like Can hot like pink a in gum? there? Can we get more of like a bubblegum? And then we eventually got it right. But that happens. Like, <laughs> Is
0: that like the bit of The Simpsons where Lisa goes into a coffee shop and says, I'll have uh, 50 on saffron,
4: 50 on yep. golden rock, mm-hmm.
0: 200 yellow. <laughs> <Is> that <right? laughs> and that's
4: been the same. with literally, <laughs> every bit of merch mm. like, when we did the long sleeves, I was like, uh, can you show me pictures as soon as you printed one so I can see the size of the stuff on the arm and that it's in like the right place. And when we've done hats, like every time I get hats done or anything like that, I get prototypes sent to me. I'll make them make it slightly bigger or change the colour. Like the hats I've done now, he did a different purple on the embroidery first and I was like, that's not the right purple. We need to go with like a different purple. You could
0: have done my old job. So my old fashioned buying job, you would have been
1: brilliant at.
4: <laughs> yeah, I worked at way River better Island, than me.
1: It.
4: I fucking hated it. I worked in a River Island for a bit and did merchandising. That's why I can fold t-shirts really well. Really I can't shirts. I, yeah, I, I was I was inept
3: before at it, but then I uh, got hurt and now folding is just not an option.
4: No, it's even worse in that you it can have before. a ball. You can't of do mess. any part. of it. I think every aspect of it that was important, like every aspect of the presentation, is like really important, even from like if you're doing online orders, the bags that you send the merch out in or the boxes, boxes that you send the merch out in or like, I think every, I think the little details on things like that are the difference between us putting something out and people being excited about it and people really liking the concept and wanting to support it and then someone just throwing their name on a t-shirt. On a guilt, because even shirt quality, like I'm yeah, constantly why trying. Why wear your
0: shirts? Because they're better shirt Different
4: quality. shirts. <laughs> <laughs> then it's spread. And then like, I think that's the difference between that and just being like, my name's Johnny Thunder. I'm going to put Johnny Thunder on a T-shirt with a Thunderbolt and then being like, well, no one wants my Johnny Thunder well, shirt.
0: So when I'm doing stand-up, so most stand-up gigs I do, there's one or two wrestling fans in the audience now, which is really cool.
4: Uh-huh.
0: And they'll know if I'm wearing a CCK shirt they'll know oh. what it is. Uh-huh. But for most people, they just think it's a clothing brand. Yeah. So it's like wearing a T-shirt. But that's what Chris's, like
3: Chris's stuff, especially with the Death Barrel stuff, is becoming, it seems. Like... He's got an embroidered one on now and you've got the hat, there's the dad caps. It's not having that knowledge, like especially that Chris has, I would say. Like, I have it, but I'm inept at a lot of things. I have ideas and then I can't put anything into practice, whereas Chris is very good at doing both.
0: You are both well-dressed humans,
3: though, as well. I used to be a scumbag, though. <laughs> but I, that's the thing. I, like, Chris, Chris, no matter how much money he was earning, was always putting effort into how he looked, whereas I was on that student mentality of, well, I have no money, so I'm going to dress like Ethan I have no money. He would turn up to every
4: show.
0: It's fine. In just the... Uh, <laughs> <So> he, <laughs> uh,
4: this, this is another guy we know. He would turn up to every show the just soul, in, yeah. like, uh, in like a YOLO squad cut-off t-shirt muscle vest thing, and then like... Dobby from giant jogging bottoms he would look like Dobby from Harry Potter Heath, Heath just wandering Silver. around in the cold in the winter in his muscle Ethan
3: Silver would rock up to his debut at Progress where he's a surprise in his CCK tracksuit and try and hide in a bunch of the crowd I wanted to punch him in the face <laughs> it's not my fault I literally had
4: no other clothes which was was this Manchester I didn't realise you did this I didn't realise you yeah, did Man- didn't wandered in Manchester we get, no one saw we get me on, me on the train on. to Manchester and I look at him and I realise there's going to be people outside and I'm like you do realise you're wearing uh, your CCK Lycos tracksuit. And he goes, yeah, <laughs> like no problem with no like, but... You do realise no one else in the world other than you owns one of those tracksuits. And he's like,
3: no, so a,
4: what? I'm and I'm like, Gary we're going to have from... to walk past like hundreds of people to get into this building <laughs> as a surprise. I went in disguise, I wore someone's yeah. glasses. Luckily, no one figured it out there, but like, I just didn't
3: have any options. The worst thing about it is that I don't get to go home on weekends. So, this is a Sunday yeah. after Friday and Saturday of doing other shows. So, I can only I only pack three days' worth of clothes because I don't go home like everyone else. I stay at Chris's most weekends. Yeah. So, I don't have that luxury of going, oh yeah, I probably should have thought I've got another set of clothes I need to bring. <laughs> on that day, you literally could have wore anything else. That you would have yes. That <laughs> okay, so we could all take the look out of me. But then, our day, our running at uh, Strong Style Night 3, who led us to the front door of the ballroom where yeah, the that fans was were? <laughs>
4: I didn't know no, again no one saw people us people had already gone in because we arrived yeah. like super late but I came out of the station and then was at the front of course you'd never been to the bus like, like, oh, no, well, no one saw us again it was and just... then we one
0: of my favourite things about when you eventually made your your debut for us was I remember having a really nice conversation with you in our first ever Birmingham show mm-hmm. I think you'd driven Trav there
4: No, we'd come from uh, we were, we'd flown straight from Germany because we'd done WXW oh. and his flight got delayed and Trav is uh, I think he's 31 now? Is yeah, 84, yeah. 30 or 31, 85 years old. Yeah. But he's <laughs> the most inept man at being an adult. And was like, I don't, I don't know my way to the O2 academy from the train station. And I was like, I there's maps and stuff. like you, You've got you Google on your phone? Like, we live in a great techno- technological age where you can pretty much find out anything. And he was like, can you just walk me there, please? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I guess so. So I, I came with him because he couldn't find his way to the venue. But from I remember. But I into
0: you backstage and having a, a very brief chat with you. And and there's a, there's a weird thing when people don't work for us, they often like like it's often just we don't have something for someone. And I we have people asking for us to use you guys for ages, and I love the fact that. You both lovely lads, and I would have loved to have had you around earlier. But the fact that we waited for it and we Mm -hmm. had a reason, it made it so so much more of a big deal than just here's two lads having a Mm tag match. And um, but I just have a really positive memory of just having a chat with you and walking away from it, going, "What a lovely bloke." Mm. Because it is a tip for you wrestlers: the best way to approach me as a promoter is to not do what some people do sometimes. I've genuinely had someone come up to me before and go, "Why haven't you booked me yet?" (laughs) Well, I'm never going to do it. I really hope it was
4: debit. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why we only made him do musical chairs. The thing was like in the build up to all that happening I'd have people who like wrestled for progress who are in like a similar circle as me, like Eddie or someone, yeah. for example, always be like, Why are you on progress? Why don't you try mm. speaking to progress? And my mentality about it always was kind of um they get a lot of messages, I assume, from people who oh want God. to work for progress. From some
0: nutters as well. Like, one one Tuesday night, your episode is just going to be me reading out about? the best emails from nutters just, that we've ever
4: got. Gar- Gary Barnhouse from Yeovil's CV, just telling everyone. <laughs> I, th- I think there is something to be said for the mentality of like, you don't ask, you don't get. But then, similarly, I was like in this situation so many people are asking that me asking and sending a wrestling cv with a list of free letter initial promotions and pretend titles isn't going to mean anything to them do you know what i mean like i could have sent them a cv i could have sent them a match and i don't like i figured they had their finger on the pulse enough to use all the other people who were on the shows at the time from our circle and i was like when it's time it will just work itself out. I don't want to be one of these people who's like, "You got anything for me?" Or even like if I speak to someone in person, because as well I like have the hand in the attack shows. I know how f- annoying it is when someone comes up to you and they go, why don't I attack?" Mm. So I'd never want to be that person going, oh, "You know, maybe I could get my foot in the door." Uh, like, well, that's just... the
0: thing. It's just from from day one, like you two lads have just been a joy to deal with, which is and, and most people who work for us are mm. like. There's very few. One of the things I'm proudest of is that if I walk into our backstage at our shows, it's like, oh, there's a load of people who I like, and I'm probably
4: going to have a bit of a laugh. Except Chris Roberts. Yeah. Except Chris Roberts. What a Roberts. dickhead. He's trying, <laughs> he's trying <laughs> to start fist bumping people backstage. He's not catching Yeah, catch and bumps. he's trying to make fist bumps catch on, but he's the least fist bump man I've ever seen He's in my the sort of person life.
0: you'd hold a fist at and he'd just cup your fist with his he's hand. He's the one trying to do it. Every
4: yeah. time I've seen him recently, he's put his little fist up for me, and I'm like, what are you do doing? I think he's
0: all of a sudden become germophobic. That's normally why people fist bump. Doesn't Steve, right, Rhino Steve does Carino. Steve Carino fist bumps. They're yeah, Rhino as well, don't Yeah. Mick Fowley does it. Mick Crazy F- F- people. I'm going to start just kissing
4: dudes.
3: Mate, I'm, I'm going to meet you so often.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, here's a question for you, Chris. Are yes. You the, are you the tallest man in British wrestling? Because uh, I realised the other day, I think you're taller than Eddie Dennis.
4: Oh, I'm taller than Eddie Dennis, definitely. But I'm, I've known that for a while. How um, tall are you? Six, I always thought I was six foot four, but that was the last time I got measured by a doctor. which you're was way taller than six years feet. ago, so I might be taller. I don't really I'd don't. imagine so. I I'm think you're really six,
0: six, six, seven.
4: Could
3: be. I think you're big cast in disguise. It's so overrated, though. <laughs> you just
4: bang your head on doorways. And- Honestly, <laughs> <all the> time.
3: <laughs> ah, story time. Well, one time we do a Fight Club show when we just moved to Star Wars. Oh, no. And there's a stairway where like, there's a, a thing that's taped up to let you know to avoid your head in the sign so, yeah. um, watch This is the worst. And we'd had like a, a stressful afternoon, but then it was time to like come together and figure out what we want to do. And we're walking up the stairs, and I duck under it, Chris is doing whatever, he walks straight into it, and you just hear this rage-induced noise, and he throws his water bottles, they explode everywhere, and he's just like... <sighs> Did you bang your head? Like five minutes of just anger, because just a little head It all the time.
4: Just, doorways, light fittings rubbish um, I might be the tallest I don't know no, how tall is Yeston he's quite tall oh, I've met no, Yeston once so I don't know you're taller than Yeston uh, I don't think there's
1: anyone
0: taller than you in British wrestling there's no great Carly here isn't
4: there well there we go then That's, yeah, no, it's if nothing else I'll
0: always have that
4: <laughs> um, I've just remembered actually just
0: speaking of Fight Club the one Fight Club show I've been to which was, was at, um, Project was, Mayhem it was Project Mayhem day two was mm. at Starbucks and I was um, uh, Martin Zaki was showing me around Mm-hmm. And because um, be mates, we show me and I'm like, I'm having a lovely time because I'd already worked that afternoon, mm-hmm. and so it was brilliant. I didn't have to work in the evening, and I was like, I've already earned my money for a Saturday. I can actually watch wrestling with my friends
4: and watch wrestling with the.
0: And there was a, there was a couple of really cool moments. One was when Sammy Callahan's music, which turns out is the same as mine, played, and loads of people
4: turned around and went,
0: "Are you doing?" I'm like, "No, it's Sammy Callahan, who's an actual good wrestler."
4: The best thing about that was just oh, the way you oh, should, oh. Sammy Callahan's music. He's got the same music as me.
1: That's my, that's it's music. my music. It's not my music. You're welcome, it's Sammy Callahan. Not Nick Gage. It's not it's
0: Sammy Callahan. It's <laughs> his music. Been doing it longer. Um, but also, I was being shown around uh, the, the sort of upstairs backstage bit and um, I witnessed a little bit of you working because you were wrestling Aita, weren't you? Aita, Aita yeah, uh, from Dragon Gate. And I was, I was... I witnessed one of my favourite things that's ever happened backstage in wrestling which is you teaching a Japanese man how to say shut up like us.
4: Yeah, and he had no idea what it yeah, meant. He was, <laughs> he was baffed. Because me and were Glenn actually, were there just going, I don't think anything's ever going to get...
0: Nothing's going to get Yeah, better, I saw you
4: think. two guys in the corridor and I was like, hey, uh, Glenn, Jim, listen to this. And I was like, <laughs> hey, ta, say the line. And he dropped it and you both burst out laughing. It was and I, and fucking like, best. But that was good because he wasn't sold on it because he had no idea what really it meant. Was, but yeah. then as soon as he said it to you guys and you burst out laughing, he was like, Oh, when I say it out there, people <laughs> are going to burst I did we'd
3: had a positive effect. You were
4: like the test. I was like, look, look, say it to them. And he said <laughs> it and you guys popped. And then he was like, oh, okay. If I say it in the ring, it'll be fine. People will laugh.
0: Um, we had a lot of conversations, in particular with Lycos, like about, about the wrestling that you like. When you... There's two answers for this. When you're a kid... Yeah. Who was, the, who was the wrestler or wrestlers that you most admired when you were a kid? And then when you started training... Who was the wrestler or wrestlers you most
4: admire? When I was a kid, it was X Pac because he had a sweet bucket hat and a cool, <laughs> cool, have like. You met, jersey. Have you met him?
0: Surprisingly tall. Uh, yeah. Everyone says <laughs> he He's like the largest human, apparently. He's six foot four because everyone back then was six foot four.
3: Yeah, everyone in was huge.
4: Land of the Giants. You don't realize it when you see him. Yeah. yeah, he was massive. I liked X uh because I just thought he looked cool, really, more than anything. And he was tiny ish, I guess, compared to everyone else. Yeah. So maybe it had something to do with that. Because I wasn't tall until I was like. 17, yeah. 18, I was like regular height, and then just went, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I liked X-Pac, uh, and I liked Ric Flair, because the first wrestling I ever saw was the Rumble, 92, the where he yeah. wins, so I was like, well, he's the best, because he won, so, yeah. obvious, uh, who else did I like? I liked Raven, uh, again, but like, Raven Demolition, literally. I think so many of my likes early on went off appearance, I just liked people who looked cool, and had like cool jackets and yeah. face paint, uh, and Ric Flair, because he won the Rumble. <laughs> what
0: about when you were
4: training? Training, uh, I'd already got into indie wrestling when I started training because I kind of went off wrestling for a few years and then found the wrestling channel. Yeah, got back, great. got back into <sighs> wrestling through that and all Brilliant. Ring of Honor and stuff like that. Anyway. That
0: Ring of Honor promo they used to play on there that showed loads of people doing crazy moves, and I remember seeing that, and I was back into wrestling at that
4: point. My favourite one like, that the they thing. ever used to play on there was the Satamura one. The little uh, there was a like thirty second bumper clip advertising oh they did uh, every one they yeah and it had a theme yeah. song over it and now I'm wrestling this too which is crazy I
0: remember the Jack Evans one a lot as well the Jack Evans play. one I bet Ethan loved that
4: <laughs> yeah we got some stories Lycos like loved that <laughs> Graham. 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 Graham Graham Kevin Graham Lycos uh, but yeah I was already into that stuff then and my favourite wrestlers around that time were Chris Hero uh, El Generico Super Dragon so they, they were the ones I liked most when I was training sweet
3: what about you? Uh So when I, I like when I first started watching wrestling, I'm younger. I saw wrestling later, Uh so I really like Rey Mysterio, obviously, as everyone does. But uh, everyone who says Bobby Rey Lashley. Mysterio, <laughs> no, see, so, yeah, I'm I'm from an era past. MVP. Bob- I'm past Bobby Lashley. Oh fuck! Your Bobby God. Lashley was like 2006 when he was hot, whereas like I started watching wrestling like just as that time period was coming to like 2006 was coming to an end. So, like, I I saw Mysterio versus Kennedy in a main event of SmackDown, and it was great. And I was hooked because Mysterio is just weird, small guy in a mask, so it was incredible to watch. No, I can't understand why you'd find that appealing. Uh, I don't. <laughs> have, I can't ever think of it. But uh, then once I started watching wrestling expanding, like the first indie wrestling I ever found was Chikara. that We, yeah. we talked about earlier, so I liked a lot of guys from there, like Lindsay, who's now in Two Hundred Five Live, and also, again great as well. Yeah, but like like in Chikara, man, when I first saw him, I was like. Fucking hell! Like this guy's is incredible. Like Helios, who, who went, he who's obviously Ricochet and things like that. Uh, and then I discovered Jack Evans, who's my favorite wrestler of all time. Uh, Alex Shelley, who's one looks seems to be one of the smartest guys in wrestling. Just what every little thing. This house show TNA clips from two thousand five, where he's having these incredibly like mismatched matches mm. of lucha Japanese style American wrestling and killing it in front of. Tennessee crowds that
4: don't know I'm responsible for one of the best stables ever
0: in Generation Next Shelly to me is one of the
4: wrestlers who are like there's such a small rare breed of like these thinking man's thinking wrestlers and they're just you can tell that every single thing they do in the ring is so calculated but like in my mind it's kind of like a small crop of people like off the top of my head like I'd put Danielson in there I'd put Hero in there I'd put uh, Christian Cage in there I'd put Gresham in there I'd put Sabre in there 100% uh, Alex Shelley, Pete yeah, like they're like this crop of just everything they do is so deliberate, so well mm-hmm. thought out, and they just get everything yeah. so well. And I hate them all. No <laughs> but then like, also, Dragon Gate, I think
3: they're the best wrestlers of all time, and I love that to this day. Stalker Ichikawa. <laughs>
0: Even best Stalker Chicago. <laughs> he can run the top rope with no hands. I've seen him do it. So this is well, the reason we used Flamita in, in Super Strongstar last year was purely because of.
4: of my obsession with some of his Dragon Game matches. We were there on the last day to do the running, and you should have seen little Lycos uh, fangirling backstage when he heard his music.
0: Mate, you should you should Flame. see Flame. you should see what it's like trying to explain to Flamita what a Wasteman challenge is. He's... <laughs> well, I wanted to do. I've, I think I've probably said this on a podcast before, but we were like, we just need you to do a rap in Spanish, and we've got David Francisco, who's Portuguese but he's fluent in Spanish, mm-hmm. explaining this to him, and he's mm-hmm. going, "See, see." this look of real confusion. And then I think it was Mandrews who was like, just, just do, do." and I wanted him to do, I wanted him to do Gasolina by Daddy Yankee. Yeah. <laughs> <That was him. laughs> because for some reason I had it stuck in my head. I think gasoline. my missus had it on. And it, it was stuck in my head. And I was like, if he does that, I'll be amazing. But then apparently at some point in the it, with them all working stuff out, he just went, I do Macarena. And everyone went, <laughs> yes.
4: And <laughs> imagine it was one of those where it was so painstaking to get to the point where everyone knew what was happening that when he was like, Macarena, they were just like, yeah, that'll do at this point. He, sure.
0: he, but he Go loved ahead. it. He Go absolutely, on. like, he was telling us how much he loved it or like, you, you, yeah, I mean, this is a very bizarre match that normally you would not be doing, but mm-hmm. it's fine. Um, but Dragon Gate is awesome. Like, yeah. and it's, I went to the Dragon Gate USA show in 2012, a week after our first show. Mm. Um, which had weirdly had Sammy Callahan against Sabu on it, which was. Oh. I and I've spoken yeah, to yeah, Sammy exists. about it, and he's gone. Oh God, I'm sorry. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it wasn't that bad?
0: He just apologised for it because Sammy's yeah. Sammy and he's lovely. Um, but yeah, I think Dragon Gate's awesome, and it. What's unusual for me about Dragon Gate is it. It's placing in like I think Western fans love it. Mm. Um. But it's placing in Japan and the crowds it attracts in Japan is very interesting because it doesn't attract the same crowds as New Japan. It no. attracts younger crowds. So and-
3: their, uh, their main audience is uh, females and uh, gay males. Yeah. That's their big thing. But they're somehow like... In my opinion, I think they're the number two promotion in Japan based on their crowd size. Like, they consistently draw yeah. a large quantity of people. And their audience is different and their style of wrestling is different. Yeah. But I think it still equates to being the number two promotion. Yeah.
0: but. I- I know mean, it's awesome, and like, because I know certainly I was at a fight for show because there's Dragon Gate people there. I know how excited mm. you were about it. That's
3: why, like, him including me in the process of him and Ata, because, like, we were going to wrestle Shima and Ata, and that's, a, like, a dream. Match. Shima's yeah. the Don. And to get her and miss out on these things, that was the most heartbreaking one I've missed out on yeah. since being her. And Chris would include me in that even if it's like a stupid comedy spot where I was getting a cone put on my head I, yeah. like it meant a lot that I was still involved it wasn't
4: stupid it was brilliant speaking as a comedian it's one of my favourite that was a real Christmas cone time. yeah we had to edit my dog had or our or operation what? the week before <laughs> serious Yeah, yeah. that's fucking amazing big up to Ruby yeah she had an operation and then the cone was there and I was like well, I, I'll keep that and when it came off, <laughs> I was like I'm sure I could do something with like us with the cone
0: um, who if you could wrestle anyone in the world now Um, both either of you individually and then as a tag team Um, Mm -hmm. who would you choose Uh,
4: individually uh, I really want to wrestle Alex Shelley Uh, a lot of the people that I really look up to in wrestling I already have wrestled at least once whereas that one hasn't and I'd really like that to happen Uh, as a tag team (laughs) <laughs> clicking in my mouth, so that it sounds like we've not gone dead It's, a, air. it's not radio. It's not right. going
0: to go into the emergency
3: broadcast
4: system. You know I think um, it's hard.
3: Well, while he thinks of it, I, I haven't it. thought about tag team wrestling for a while. Yeah, that's what <laughs> it is. I my go-to tag team life. Hmm. I want us to wrestle Machine Guns or the Usos. We used to have a list, and now I haven't tagged. You guys against so like, would be amazing. I think they're. You yeah, really always the I said this in every everything we've every interview we've ever done. Uh, machine Guns because Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers. <laughs> Oh mate. Oh, I'd love to see that. Um, they need to come over here. Oh, all to them, so bad.
4: And we got to wrestle a lot of tag teams as well. Or we were, some I got to wrestle Jack, and then Helico. Like we got like to wrestle we, them. We, 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 we go got work. to wrestle like Pentagon and Phoenix. They got great. to wrestle like we wrestle Mustache all the time, and they're great. And then yeah. like lots a lot of people's creams. answers, Lost Ice Creams, of course. We got to wrestle them. That was nice. amazing. People would be like, "The obvious answers like the Young Bucks or something." And I got to do some stuff with them. Yeah. Already, so it's hard now, actually. Um, yeah uh, the Beverly Brothers amazing I'd like to Wayne Bloom Casey. and Mike Enos uh, them or the Quebecers <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't joke <laughs> Walter is wrestling one of them Walter, is, you know, the is in New Orleans, of the Quebecers uh, in, New Orleans uh, in terms is of is singles insane.
3: I'd like to wrestle Casey uh, from
4: Dragon Gate which I saw you tweeting about yes uh, Kane was that you said no no he's scary please wrestle he is, Kane
3: he's scary and has fire powers oh, Chris I, I can't fight that
4: Ricky Starks of extra talented wrestle Kane
0: uh, on Raw it? Yeah. You, you
4: haven't lived until you've seen Ricky
3: Starks commentating that match over commentating. his own squash <laughs> match against Kane he, he, like, he's a charismatic and funny individual as a whole anyway I like Ricky his commentary
4: on that match is incredible but he's, uh, he's wrestled Kane so now by the the thing of wrestling, you're, you're being one step away from how many steps you are. and one step away from Kane, so
3: yeah.
4: Yeah. I'm calling you out, Glenn. Do <laughs> <laughs> Glenn? But yeah, uh,
3: KZ, because uh, I rate him off for the longest time. Like, in Dragon Gate, there's pillars of the promotion, so there was always BB Hulk, Yoshino, Doi. That's another one. Yoshino and Doi as a team for oh, us yeah. would be, best right. be all right, wouldn't it? But, like, there's main guys in Dragon Gate, and there's lower card guys, and there's the lowest. And like, a lot of the time, KZ was the lowest of the low. And I never really cared about his matches and stuff. But in the last year, since Tazawa left, his in like Tazawa's uh, graduation speech, KZ, he says he wants to fill that role that Tazawa left, and it's big shoes to fill. But he wants to try. Yeah. And in the last year, he's even like his basics, just everything, so good now. Like he had a Dreamgate Gate match against Mo Mochizuki, who it's hard to have a bad match against because he's incredible. But even going in, I was spoiled the entire way. And even going in, I was.
4: So blown away by that match. he is so good now, which is funny then because if you had a match with him, he would he's so good, and you're so rubbish, so it would be interesting. yeah, but that's why a,
3: it'd be good dynamic. I can't wrestle bad people, Chris, or then I'll be exposed <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh God,'d be terrible. Oh, good God That's why good. I'm calling out you, Glen <laughs>
4: Kane <laughs> I don't know.
3: Why is everyone calling out Kane? that's my he dream he scares me get but your own dream I don't want to wrestle Kane he scares me
4: you do want to wrestle Kane I'll
3: take the clothesline when he jumps off the top rope and then you can just do the rest please we've handicapped much yeah I'll just tag him take that one move
4: dislocate my shoulder again and roll out <laughs> I, w- I want to wrestle him I want to earn his respect and then Chikara's king of trios this year I want us to be CC Kane <laughs> <laughs> we can wrestle the Nexus did you see they announced there the Nexus Nexus versus CC Kane
3: Michael Tarver I'm calling you out son no <laughs> So, he'd fuck me up for real, though. He's probably like, He's well 15 arsed. years older than you. He's he definitely well-armed.
0: Everyone's 15 years older than him. Yeah, yeah. I'm five. <laughs> um, right, plug some things. Plug your wonderful merchandise and your Twitter handles and all that jazz.
4: Um, we have merch. You yeah. can buy it at shows if you like. You don't have to if you don't want to. Like, Don't feel any pressure. Uh, I don't really sell it online very often because I don't like it's going that. to the post office. And... <laughs> packing stuff <laughs> so whenever I do put them on their own for like an hour or two and then I take them off Um other than that I don't really have anything to plug you follow me on Twitter at Obey Brooks um, Instagram Instagram uh, if you want if you can find me you post photos I post pictures
3: Uh I'm going to be slightly more inept at all these things but I'll still promote uh at like us on Twitter Uh if you see me at shows and I have merch, please buy it because I'm made of <laughs> please fiberglass <buy> <laughs> and need some stability in my He's life. He's the
0: award boy. Uh,
3: on Instagram, I post black and white photos because I'm sad and injured. So just wait till I get healthy and color comes back into my life. But <laughs> until then.
4: <laughs> until then. I'm until a then, a follow me again at Kid and like us Problem
3: and look at my black and white photos and go, oh, you're so artistic, you loser.
4: And go support shows. We wrestle for a lot of really cool, super good promotions at the moment. Like, This Is Progress and uh, Riptide Wrestling, uh, Fight Club Pro, Attack, and uh, probably... I can't... There's lots of places. I'm sorry if I didn't say your name. But, like, go support all the shows. Support those shows that Chris wrestles on. If you support show, the too. shows, we will be supported in turn by you going out and checking out shows. I think that's important, too. Uh, the thing with merch, as well, is I like actually seeing people and yeah. interacting with them. I don't want it to just be, like... There's no... That's, that's the rewarding thing. There's no intimacy in someone just buying a shirt and then you send it out. Not to say that there is in face-to-face conversation, but it's nice to meet people and as best people can, like, keep going to live shows, support live shows. That's the most important thing. It's all our bread and butter. Yes. Indeed.
0: Well, um, thank you, gentlemen. Who are you wrestling this eve? Uh, this evening, I'm in a... My five, demons. <laughs> Just <hit my> dick. <laughs> uh,
4: the ring apron with my hand to let Chris do all the work. So, like is wrestling uh, the challenge of not falling down the stairs on the entrance because nice. he's broken enough as he is. I'm gonna be I... wrestling the raffle. Is there a raffle? I don't know. I think I've been
3: asked to do it. There should be a raffle on every show. I think I'm going to sell the tickets today. So. I'm in a
4: five-person scramble qualifier for the Brighton Championship Tournament in August. It is myself, Chakara, Rhea O'Reilly. Drew Parker, and Chief Deputy Dunn. And I reckon I'll win. Yeah, because they're all crap. Yeah, they're all <laughs> rubbish. It's not true.
0: <laughs> Good God. I'm um, better than him, though. Yeah, so Chris, be fine.
3: It's, it's just Chris is the best wrestler. so hmm? You can't argue against it. I'm yeah. putting you over, kid.
0: You've also got the best theme music. Sometimes. I mean, I like your theme music at Progress. One of the um, first times
3: I met Chris... He had the best theme music of all. What was his
0: theme music then? Because Human Fly is one. It's one of my favourite songs. And when it's you come so to good, it, it, and it's... I'm so
4: sad that there's places we can't use. And also,
0: it's a, it's incredibly suitable. Yeah. Like, it's it just works so well. But
3: it's one of the things like we could use it, but you don't want to take that risk. We tried hard.
4: really hard to get the actual permission to use it. But everyone's dead in the cramps. But yeah, That's there's the like, problem. there's one member of the cramps who's like still alive or two, uh, uh, one or two. But like. The cramps now, they're all in like the 60s, 50s. Like, they don't have social media, they're not on Twitter or anything. The website is just still a memoriam on there. And then the labels that the albums came out on aren't labels anymore yeah. so someone else will own the rights to whatever those labels had and it was just we tried to find it but we I couldn't. emailed tour managers from years ago that I listed on their like <laughs> other website and it doesn't yeah, work we, we really just couldn't find an avenue to even ask anyone to.
0: so what was his theme the first time you met
3: him first time I met him uh, I d- it was an attack missile tour and he wrestled uh, Tyler Bate and he came out to a say anything song called Little Girls which is just the if you don't know the band then it's just the funniest thing to just
4: hear out of the blue Makes no sense. It's a good album, good song. Same good album. Uh, it's off in defense of the genre, or is it off? No, no it's not. It's off. So uh, with the, say anything, uh, anything
0: the, as a real universe. voice. Yeah. Someone was saying to me the backstage of show I showed you the other day and forget who it was. Just they wanted to come out the happy hardcore from now on. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, imagine
4: it. Who, who is it? Was it Walter?
0: <laughs> Walter <laughs> was the most. <laughs> Walter just coming out big smiley face t-shirt, just clapping his hands.
4: Imagine. Have you ever seen Walter's? Uh, Gimmick that he had when he was in Japan. You've sure it. never incredible. seen it, it's amazing. So he did it, uh, was it Zero One? It's
0: Big Michinoku.
4: Japan. Wasn't it Big Japan? It used to work for him. It so, wasn't Michinoku. Oh, a movie. It was a weird one, I didn't think it was. He went over, like, but th- he did Big Japan, uh, but that was when he was just Big Daddy Walter with WXW or Big Van Walter with WXW. But before all of that, he did a tour of Japan and it was for a promotion and they had him portray this mascot character from a Japanese cartoon. Called Gatcha Pink, So it's like <laughs> Walter and his hair's sprayed green and he has like a thing in his mouth so it looks like he just has one big tooth at the front of his mouth and he's in like a big green thing. Like, oh, mate. I'm oh my find God. A
3: picture. He, Chris is, has is show me pictures of this and it's just the funniest thing I've ever seen. I've, and if he I, listens I'm... to this, which. He You're dead, mate.
0: <laughs> the scariest man in wrestling will hunt I'm you just down. He's over
3: me. in the meantime. Walter's really good at wrestling. He's a and brilliant he's a wrestler. a wonderful and human. And so. a wonderful vegan human. There you human. go.
4: Look at him. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> He's got a big archimizy thing with right? uh... it.
0: Oh oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm astonished. Oh good God. No. None of us ever had this conversation, guys. Uh I'll uh I'll see you later. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Lycos. Thank you. Bye. Thank you once again to Kid Lycos like and Chris Brooks, collectively known as CCK, the best merch havers in the world of wrestling uh, for chatting to me last Saturday afternoon it was much appreciated they're good lads I really enjoy speaking to both of them I, I spend quite a bit of time travelling um, back from shows with Kid Lykos like because uh, when he's not at uni he lives near me so it's uh, uh, it was nice to have him a uh, chat with him there and also to catch up with Chris Brooks who's one of my favourite people in wrestling both of them love them both great lads very grateful that they spent some time chatting to me. So, um, do support them. And again, the plugs that I did at the start of the show. Progresswrestling.com for tickets for all of our shows, including Super Strong Style 16, 5th, 6th, 7th of May, New Orleans, 6th and 7th of April, 30th of September at Wembley Arena, and the 20th of May, a Victoria Warehouse in Manchester. I've done them in completely the wrong order in the vain bid that it maybe will jog people's memories to buy tickets. So I haven't bought them yet. Um... And demand-progress.com for all the Progress Wrestling Shows, where you can see loads and loads of CCKV and awesome. And also, well, uh, so everything on the Distraction Pieces Network. And my little website is jimsmorman.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Tell more people about this podcast. It's very helpful. And I will see you next week. Will you see everyone next week as well, Claudio? Will you? Are you waving? Okay. You just eat then. yeah? Say bye-bye. Bye. You're not going to do it now, are you? You're looking at me like I'm not your performing fool. I'm your son, for God's sake. Right. Anyway, I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh